0: This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why The New Equation is meeting the future
1: of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung.
0: Hey everybody, it's Los. We are in the semifinals of the playoffs. This is always the most painful week of the year for me because I'm always there, and then my players always let me down in colossal fashion in the semifinals, and then the next week I just demolish in the third place game, which. You know, I mean, I guess that's nice or something, but but this is this is always just the worst. Is that your experience too?
1: Uh, not for most years, but maybe this year because it was just a mess of a week. I mean, players getting hurt early. Guys like Keenan Allen and Aaron Jones really just played a couple snaps and got hurt, and probably got you close to zero points. And then even when some studs stayed healthy, guys like Saquon Barkley and Zach Ertz put up disappointing, forgettable performances. Just, if you survived this week, uh, I mean, you you had some great luck. Uh, Basically, your team stayed healthy.
0: Yeah, where I'm sitting right now is I I was set up, projected, you know, I thought it'd be a no-brainer. I wasn't even going to watch the games this week. I was supposed to demolish my opponent, and now I'm sitting here needing Christian McCaffrey to outscore Cam Newton by five points tonight, so... That's the way the cookie crumbles.
1: I'm totally okay with that if Cam Newton scores seven points.
0: <laughs> I guess this is the way it's supposed to be. It should be exciting and everything. You know, it should come down to the Monday night game so you get a full weekend of football. in, Right. Even though it's much more, uh, much more stressful, much more draining. But hey, that's why we play the game.
1: Yeah, unfortunately I'm I'm already out of it. I'm down by a lot in the one league where I own Christian McCaffrey and then I need him not to do great in the two other leagues. So of course I already know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be he's gonna put up the exact amount of points that's gonna make me still lose my one league, but then also the two others.
0: Oh, those are always the best. I always seem to run into some baloney like that, that's for sure. It's like a
1: it's like a two point window where something like that could happen, so of course that's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs>
0: that's exactly where it'll be all right uh let's get into uh into our sponsors
1: uh, yeah just real quick I, I feel like we should make up some sort of like like occam's razor or some sort of like law where like the one thing that you don't need to happen in fantasy is usually what will end up happening
0: ah okay okay i like that uh you're you're catchy with names you're much better the uh Munglas nah, nope. Those those two <laughs> sounds don't sound good at all together. No,
1: no. We'll uh, we'll move on here, but uh, so, some food for thought for
0: uh, perhaps next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got I've got some food on my plate for next year. That's for sure.
1: So for this week's Gillette Close Shave of the Week, uh, it was a really strange week of games where a lot of top teams like the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Patriots all lost. And early on in Saturday games, uh, it seemed like the Texans could have fallen victim as well to an upset, uh, with the Jets keeping things pretty close. However, DeAndre Hopkins refused to let that happen, putting the offense on his back. He moved the chains time and again on route to 10 catches for 170 yards and 2 touchdowns, coming up with a monster fantasy performance for his owners in the semifinals. Houston would hold on to win this game against the Jets 29-22, and move up into the second seed in the AFC. Get your close shave like DeAndre Hopkins with Gillette, the best a man can get. Want to try blades for less? It's easy. Just choose the right blade for you. Order conveniently on the website, by email, or by text, and your blades will get shipped right to your door. Start today and get $3 off your first order.
0: Number of good choices, number of bad choices for this week. I, I was a little partial to it. I was hoping to see, like, Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mackin as the co-players of the week, locking in the NFC North title for the Bears this week. But, you know, uh, that's not really fantasy relevant, is it?
1: Well, that's uh, that's tough. I I gave it to them last week because it was both a great game, a great showing by the defense, and they put up 20 points in fantasy. So, uh, you know, it's hard to give that honor to them back-to-back weeks without a big fantasy showing as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just a homer. Uh, I'll, I'll take us into the games this week. There is no uh, Thursday game this week, so we do get a little reprieve there. You don't have to send anybody too quickly, too early. Um, at the same time, it is sometimes nice to get that Thursday game out of the way. That said, we do have two Saturday games again this week, throwing everybody off. Um, 3.30 uh, Central Time, we get Washington at Tennessee Washington, as we know, got that win versus Jacksonville, but the production is all over the place, uh, especially with Josh Johnson at quarterback. 19 carries, 51 yards with two catches for Adrian Peterson to five carries, nine yards with only one catch for Chris Thompson. And the wide receivers are all over the place. Uh, Adrian Peterson's a low end running back, too. That's it for me on this team.
1: Yeah, I never in a million years would I have imagined that Washington would win against Jacksonville despite all their injuries. They're, you know, they're what, third or fourth quarterback at this point. And, uh, you know, this week, uh, maybe Washington hasn't given up. Uh, I have Adrian Peterson as a flex play um, and Jameson Crowder as a mid-range wide receiver three in PPR. It sounds like Jordan Reed won't be ready for this game with that foot injury. And I'd probably avoid Vernon Davis and Jeremy Sprinkle here splitting time at tight end. Uh, Even though Sprinkle is the only player in the NFC East with a touchdown this week, uh, I still probably would not want to rely on him in Week 16 here. So Peterson and Crowder are the only two Washington players I would feel semi-comfortable about starting.
0: Tough matchup with Tennessee. Uh, t- and Tennessee, of course, got the win behind all of 88 passing yards from Marcus Mariota. You went in on that game plan? Because I certainly don't. Derrick Henry did continue to get the workload with 30-plus carries and two more touchdowns. Maybe they're finally coming around on him, but versus Washington, uh, I barely have him as a solid running back, too. He's very hard to trust, and Deion Lewis has been near untouchable lately, So so I'm not doing it.
1: Oh, I, I disagree with you there. I will trust Derrick Henry. It's uh, It was a miserable regular season for him, but he's really turned it on the fantasy playoffs. And if you've made it this far in the last couple weeks starting Henry, uh, I would fire him up. I have him as a high-end RB2 this week. Um, clearly, it seems that Tennessee has flipped this game script. They've decided to pound the ball with Henry as a workhorse back. I expect another heavy workload here for him. Uh, Tennessee's really heating up at the right time of the year they have their eyes set on returning to the playoffs I expect them to just give the ball to Henry 30 times again um, I trust him in this game script and outside of him there's really no one maybe Corey Davis is a desperation wide receiver for but I certainly wouldn't want to be relying on him in your fantasy lineup so I will take Tennessee here I think Henry's going to carry this offense
0: I think Tennessee fans certainly uh hope and pray that you're correct here uh I'll, I'll take Tennessee as well. And then Saturday for the 8 20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central game, Baltimore at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Baltimore got the win versus Tampa Bay after holding Jameis to 150 yards passing. And Lamar Jackson neared 100 yards rushing again for a 17-point day. He keeps that solid upside here. Gus uh, Edwards remains a solid running back, too, with tons of carries and success alongside still 0 Uh, career receiving targets that might catch up to him this week or it might not. Uh, Ken Dixon is a very risky flex play Um, I'd probably avoid him for this week the wide receivers are getting better with uh, with Lamar Jackson but still not good enough to start, very limited upside here
1: I don't know how long Baltimore can keep running this ground and pound offense with Lamar Jackson but I guess as long as he can stay healthy uh, he's a high end quarterback too this week, a fairly high floor from that rushing production here Gus Edwards remains a flex play for me here. He's been fairly touchdown dependent, and I'm not sure how likely he is to score this week. And then if I had to pick a Ravens wide receiver, it would be Willie Sneed still, but really just a desperation wide receiver five play. Hopefully you are not uh, forced to start Willie Sneed in your lineups outside of 16, 20-team leagues.
0: That is for sure. As uh, yes, for the Chargers, nice win for L.A. against the Chiefs. Now they get another tough matchup for your championship week. Uh, I'd avoid Rivers if you can with that uh, Baltimore defense, but you're not sitting Gordon or Allen if they're here. Uh, I don't think the upside we saw in the Williams duo this past week will be there versus Baltimore, so I'd sit them both here. Um, and if Gordon is out, Justin Jackson is no sure thing. Baltimore's tough run D. Austin Eckler still in uh, concussion protocol, I think it was. Uh, not looking like he's going to play just yet, but you know, keep your ears open, read the reports.
1: Yeah, this this game's really hard to project because a lot is going to come down to the health of their two superstars, Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen here. Um, You know, this is a tough matchup against the top five defense, but it does help that they are at home a lot. Uh, You know, I I think Phillip Rivers, he'll be a fine low-end quarterback one here regardless of Keenan Allen's status, but as you said, I would consider benching him depending on your options, especially if Allen is out with that hip pointer injury. Um, Melvin Gordon, it sounds like they're optimistic. Uh, there was a report that said that he probably could have um, played this past week had the game been on Sunday and not Thursday. So um, if Gordon's active, you're starting him. He's a RB1, of course. Uh, if he's out, as you said, this is still a tough matchup, but I would have Justin Jackson as a high end running back three and Dietro Newsom as a desperation flex play. He did get involved in the passing game a little bit here. And then, of course, you're starting Allen if he is able to return. But if not, I consider both Williamses. Um, I, I don't know that they're, uh Mike Williams is going to score a, a ton again, but uh, you know he would be a mid-range wide receiver three with upside for me. And Tyrell Williams would be a low-end flex play here. Um, the other note is uh, not as much, not as important for. Uh, redrafts anymore, unless you're Stephen A. Smith, but in Dynasty, uh, the Chargers (laughs) have uh, started uh, putting Hunter Henry on the practice field, so it is possible that he will be uh, back fairly soon. That's right.
0: Stephen A. Smith had Hunter Henry, I think, as a top five uh, tight end last year, or last week.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't remember what excuse it was. He said he was multitasking or something, but uh, even if I'm multitasking, like how do you not know that a guy's on ir like
0: <laughs> yeah i i think we all know Stephen a smith well i mean not personally but we've seen him on tv and know him well enough not to, not to listen to anything that comes out of his mouth anyways
1: honestly i think he's gotten more intention than than he should have gotten uh all year yep. because of this but we're gonna move on oh, here uh, all career <laughs> yeah really um i wish i got paid millions of dollars for doing nothing basically but uh, you know, the Chargers are looking legit this year. They knocked off the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Gutsy call on the la- the last second play to go for two. I-, I-, I think they've shown that they can finish in the fourth quarter. I think this will be a close game, but give me the Chargers at home.
0: I'll take the Chargers as well here. It's going to be pretty tough for them if uh, Allen or Gordon are gone. Um, that Baltimore is a really tough defense. Uh, but I- I'm-, I'm sort of thinking they're going to be there, and I think the Chargers will take this win. Uh, the Sunday games, kicking off noon central time. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Whew, Cincinnati got the win versus Oakland. Uh, Joe Mixon's running back two with upside, and that's it with Boyd likely out here with a low-grade MCL sprain, moving right along.
1: You know, with, with Boyd out, I actually don't hate John Ross. Again, this is a guy you probably only want to be starting in deeper leagues, but Oof. Ross does, it get, does get a slight upgrade to a low-end flex play for me. Uh, he seems to have a knack um for getting into the end zone and Cincinnati likes to you know draw a place for him in the red zone so I think he's worth a shot here I also think CJ Uzoma I have him as a high-end tight end too this week uh, I know that he hasn't been great but last time they played Cleveland he had six catches for 39 yards on 12 targets he should probably see double digit targets again especially if Boyd's out here
0: should and will are uh, two entirely different things. in this Cincinnati team, jeez, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland picking up, picked up the win versus Denver. Nice job there, and get a sweet matchup for all. Uh, Baker Mayfield is a back end quarterback. One here, I. Right? throw him out there pretty with uh, without much hesitation. Nick Chubb is a high-end running back two or back-end running back one here. Uh, Landry and Callaway are wide receiver threes with upside defense. I do prefer Landry and Joku has had chances all year, uh, but I do think he gets a chance to score this week.
1: I really don't have a whole lot to add here um, to what you said about Cleveland. I I do think they will stay in the hunt to win the AFC North here. uh, Probably take another close game at home. Um, And if anyone's or if anyone cares, uh, picking Cleveland last week did help me uh, in our pick'em. I am now just one game behind you for the year, so it oh. all comes down to this week.
0: Oh boy, we're uh, we're getting darn close.
1: Uh, we we certainly are.
0: <laughs> all right, um, I think I said I'm taking Cleveland here, right?
1: Yeah, we're both. We both have the Browns here. Shocking.
0: Oh yeah, right. Wait, who saw that? Uh, who saw that coming early this season? <laughs> Tampa Bay at Dallas. James Winston was very limited versus Baltimore, but he should be an upside quarterback, two here. Uh, Peyton Barber remains a low-end, running back two or three against a usually tough Dallas defense, but obviously that didn't look that way this week against uh, Marlon Mack. Evans is a back-end wide receiver one, and Godwin and Humphreys, I think, are, are decent shot flexes here.
1: Mm, I think I'm more worried about James Winston than you are this week. Um, this is a Cowboys defense that held Andrew Luck to less than 10 fantasy points, uh, You know, I'd avoid Winston here. I have him just a low-end quarterback, too, this week. I really don't love his chances here at Dallas. Peyton Barber, I have as a low-end flex play, too, if he gets in for a score. But, again, I would not count on that happening. Uh, Tampa Bay's offensive line is much weaker than Indianapolis's. is. I know Marlon Mack had a huge day, but um, I don't see Barber uh, repeating that kind of performance here. I have Evans as a high-end wide receiver, too. Uh, and then I actually prefer Chris Godwin over Adam Humphreys this week as a flex play. I know that Jameis doesn't look to Godwin as much. Um, he seems to prefer Humphreys and the tight ends. But the strength of Dallas is in their insanely fast linebacking core. So I don't love Humphreys out of the slot in this game. If I had to yep. pick another wide receiver not named Evans, it would be Godwin.
0: Yeah, i, I right there with you on that. Uh, as for Dallas, I would be so embarrassed as a Cowboy to put up 0 points on the day, blanked by Indianapolis, and we know their defense is not great. Uh, Indy's defensive coordinator couldn't have even dreamed of that happening. And now they get this amazing uh, amazing matchup versus Tampa Bay. Can you trust it? I think you have to. Uh, Zeke is a running back one. Cooper should be a two with upside, and Dak should have some upside if you have a quarterback in a bad matchup here.
1: Yeah, I I didn't love Prescott last week due to the matchup. I uh, hit him as just a high-end quarterback two against the Colts' zone look, but he did far worse than I expected. Um, hopefully you did not start uh, Prescott, or if you did, you got past this round. But despite that, I would not worry about him this week. Tampa Bay is a nice bounce-back game here for him, and I like him as a mid-range quarterback one. I'm going right back to him here. Uh, I understand if he burns you, but unless you have a top-five quarterback, I'm playing him this week. Uh, obviously, you're starting Zeke, and Cooper remains a mid-range wide receiver too here for me as well. And if you're desperate, Blake Jarwin is worth a look at tight end too, but he is still splitting snaps with Dalton Schultz here. Um, I will take the Cowboys to bounce back in a big way here. Give me Dallas at
0: home. I, too, will take Dallas at home. Minnesota at Detroit, NFC North matchup, and an important game for Minnesota's wildcard hopes here. So I'm looking for a solid day with Kirk Cousins spinning the ball uh, two to three touchdowns. Cook is a running back, too, with solid upside receiving, very similar to Joe Mixon. And Diggs and Thielen should get themselves back on track. Uh, Their production dipped as Minnesota locked this game up early. I know uh, Thielen has been disappointing for the past couple weeks, but I, I, I don't think you can just get away from him like that. I do expect Diggs to see a healthy dose of Darius Slay, um, though he is a much more talented player. I, I think both these receivers are going to be fine.
1: Right. Um, I, Cousins really should have had a better day against Miami. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, he just missed some throws, and I, I don't love him here. I have him as just a high-end quarterback, too, for me this week, maybe a low-end quarterback, one. Um, I like Thielen as a mid-range wide receiver one here, but I have Diggs as just a mid-range wide receiver two. I think Darius Slay is likely to Mm. shadow him here. Um, I don't love that matchup at all. Uh, I I really think that they have enough weapons here with Cook uh, and with Thielen and even with Rudolph that they're not going to need to force it to Diggs if Slay is all over him. Um, I like Dalvin Cook uh, as a workhorse again. Uh, Should be a high-end running back two here with upside. And then I have Cal, uh, Kyle Rudolph as a mid-range tight end, too. Some upside in PPR if Cousins does use him as an out, outlet receiver over Diggs in this one. Again, uh, I'm foreseeing this Slay matchup to be a tough one for Diggs to beat. I'm not saying to to bench him necessarily, but it would depend on your options.
0: As for the uh, Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay went absolutely wild against Buffalo But I do think Minnesota's going to limit him to that expected wide receiver three level right here. Uh, I'm not backing down from this, even though he did have, what, 150 yards or so. Theo Riddick is catching fewer and fewer passes every day. And I'd really like to see Kerryon Johnson get healthy, but they may just save him up for next year. Riddick has some back-end flex value, but that's all. Garrett Blunt and Zach Zenner are carving up too much of the work back there. And Stafford should not be your quarterback this week.
1: No, definitely not. And despite that huge game by Kenny Galladay, I love him in Dynasty. But, uh, you know, even though he got to open for some big plays against Buffalo, I, I don't think Minnesota is going to allow that to happen here. Uh, I have him as just a boomer bust wide receiver three uh, or flex play. Zach Zenner, if you're desperate, uh, he's a desperation RB4 if you think he punches in a goal line touchdown. But I, I also would not count on that happening here. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, I do think it'll be a closer game than some people think, despite Minnesota blowing out Miami. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I will take them here.
0: Yeah, the uh, road divisional games are always tough, but I'll take Minnesota as well. Uh, the Giants at the Indianapolis Colts. The Giants got blanked by Tennessee, which is always embarrassing. Uh, Barkley's a one, though, and Evan Ingram had 12 targets, which I don't expect to repeat unless, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. can't get back on the field. Um, But I'm not buying it. Final week of the year. Sterling Shepard saw nine targets with Odo Beckham Jr. out as well. So he's a wide receiver too if he does remain out for this week.
1: And, of course, uh, Christian McCaffrey throws for a touchdown here. Uh, That's that's just how the fantasy playoffs go, I guess.
0: Oh, Uh, no way.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it's good for you, right? You need him to outscore Cam Newton
0: oh my god wow they what was the play was it uh i mean there's no way it was just a straight up throw was it like a sweep, a toss sweep
1: yeah um and then you know the the tight end kind of just leaked oh out and
0: my gosh not ian thomas
1: no, it was It's uh, oh. like the third string guy. <laughs> of course, oh, okay. of course, not Ian okay. Thomas. Of course, no one fantasy relevant. <laughs> well, Come we still on, have, now. We
0: still, we still have that bet for uh, him being a top fifteen finisher, which I don't see how he could not be with every tight end scoring like three points this week.
1: Well, I certainly did not foresee that, so I, I think <laughs> yeah, you, you probably had me there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, this is again just why you always try to get bye weeks because crazy things happen every single week um yes. yeah back all to right the, i'm
0: but, pumped I'm, I'm juiced to the gills now
1: i'm not particularly pleased about that but we'll move on uh i i'd go back to barkley here as a top running back option despite that down game against the titans um we'll see about odell beckham here on the quad uh by the way we, we didn't really talk about it when we covered the titans but did you see that touchdown celebration where they did the dance from remember the titans that was pretty amazing
0: I didn't. Ha- I didn't actually see it. I have a. Uh, I have a. Uh, I have to admit, I was actually at the Bears game this week.
1: Oh, well, Look at you. That, that's a good game to go to.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite a time, lacking the NFC North. But unfortunately, I did miss all the ancillary stuff, the fun celebrations, things like that for other games.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure you can find it online. Uh, but again. Um, back to the Giants we'll see about Odell Beckham's quad here if he's active I like him as a mid-range wide receiver one you're starting him uh Sterling Shepard would be a flex in that situation and Ingram would be a low end tight end one for me but if Odell Beckham is indeed out again then Sterling Shepard gets upgraded to a mid-range wide receiver two and I like Ingram as a mid-range tight end one with lots of upside
0: yeah I I know this isn't the time that we're talking about dynasty stuff but if, if you do have a sort of stipulation in your league where you have to add players before the end of the season and then it locks, if Evan Ingram was sitting there, I would add him. I know Red Ellison's been tanking his value and volume all this season, but he really is a much, much better pass catcher. I mean... It goes to show you the talent that this kid has. He needs to be owned in 12-team or worse Dynasty Leagues for sure, and probably 10 teams in my opinion.
1: I don't I don't think Ingram's sitting out there in any Dynasty League for the most part. It would have to be a really shallow bench league for him to be on waivers, I think.
0: Yeah, I think with all the injuries and everything and how bad he's been, I, I think he is out there in a couple. But, you know, either way. Uh, Indianapolis, the Colts blank the Cowboys and will look to continue to produce here. Luck as a quarterback one despite no touchdowns this week and only a 10-point week, as you said. Marlon Mack was legitimately good versus Dallas, but I don't see that upside continuing. Still just a back-end running back two for me with Naeem Hines getting most of the passing work, even though they're not passing the ball a ton to the running back anymore. Um, T.Y. Hilton is a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside here. And Eric Ebron put up a stinker too, but uh, stick with him. He can't let you down two weeks in a row, can he?
1: Uh, he probably can, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you have better options to start, and you're still starting Ebron as a mid-range tight end one. Um, yep. I love Andrew Luck here in this matchup. Got him back as a top-five quarterback here. And I, I think I have more faith uh, than you do on Marlon Mack as well, just like I do with Derek Henry. Uh, I have him here as a high-end running back, too. Uh, as soon as they got Ryan Kelly back healthy this week, the Colts' run blocking started dominating again. I trust them to lead in this game, which means a lot of carries for Mack against a weak Giants run defense. So I'm pretty high on Marlon Mack here. I, I would definitely start him over, you know, pretty much uh, most running back uh, most running back one options. So maybe I even have him as a low on running back one here. Um, I like Hilton as a low on wide receiver one as well. Really, I just think the Colts are going to win this game by a couple scores at least.
0: I uh, will also take Indianapolis, probably by a couple of scores as well. Jacksonville at Miami, Cody Kessler has drained everything from this offense. Fournette, who has practically fallen out of running back one status, he's not produced the past two weeks. Uh, that said, it's not likely you have two better running backs on your roster. He, he, ran, he remains an upper end running back too, uh, and I'm certainly not touching any of these pass catchers.
1: See, not not for me. I I would start Marlon Mack and Derek Henry over Leonard Fournette at this point. Do you disagree with that?
0: Oh God, I I I don't I don't. I'm too I'm too emotionally tied to Leonard Fournette to to have a real answer to that question. I think.
1: See, for me, I, I have them flip flopped uh, in my rankings. I have Fournette as a low end boomer bust running back two, and I have those guys as high end running back twos, borderline running back ones. So. Um, wow! I mean, I, I just have no faith. He said that the game plan on Sunday was to give to to give Dave Williams some carries. Uh, you know, Fournette got one carry yeah. in the second half. I, I don't know how you could trust him without that without, without that workload in the fantasy championship round. So really, yeah. uh, I don't know. I would I would bench him depending on your options.
0: I mean, my guess is that there aren't many Leonard Fournette owners in the championship based that <laughs> production all year. That, honestly, that unfortunately. Fair. But my biggest beef, not to bring the Tennessee Titans back up, but my biggest beef with Derrick Henry is, I mean, we've seen a number of game plans that should work for him, and then they just get away from them altogether. It was working when they were giving the ball to Deion Lewis in the short and letting him run downfield. They stopped doing that altogether. The two weeks that Corey Davis saw a ton of targets, they did great with that. Then they got away from it altogether. So, sh- crud, who's to say Derrick Henry top seven touches this week?
1: yeah but uh you know what gotta gotta go with the hot hand you know that's how the yes. nfl works and that's how my fantasy rankings are gonna work this week so i'm I'm going with the hot the hot hand derrick henry and marlon mack
0: yeah i'm not i'm not betting against it or anything but i i could i totally see your point all right as for did you talk about them yeah you did there this is the only guy to talk about so that was it yeah that's um it. as for miami They were uh, limited by the Vikings. The Jaguars have not been great, but who am I to tell you to rest your title dreams on the Dolphins, uh, especially when their top performer was Kalen Balaj with 120 yards. One carry was given to Kenyon Drake, and no wide receiver topped 30 yards. Steer clear.
1: I, I really don't know what's going on with Kenyon Drake. I don't know if that shoulder's still not at a hundred percent, or you know why exactly Miami didn't trust him with a bigger workload, even after Frank Gore left the game with his foot injury. Just I I don't know. Um, both Drake and Kalen Balage Bailage, I don't know how you say it. Their Boomer Bust flex plays this week. Um, man, I I really hope you're not relying on any Dolphins or Jaguars player in your fantasy finals here. Um, I, I guess give me Miami at home, just given how it, it looks like this Jacksonville team is just completely thrown
0: in the towel. Yeah, this is a really tough one here. Um, it was really, It's really hard to pick against the Jacksonville defense, but it's really, really hard to pick for the Jacksonville offense. So I'm just going with the home team here, um, and I'll take Miami in a game that I'll probably lose by 20, right? That's just what Miami does. Uh, Buffalo... At New England, uh, Jeff Allen got it done with a 20-point day, a touchdown rushing and receiving 200 yards, and New England is not a scary defense, although they might key on him as that only offensive threat on the team. I would still start him in a pinch, though. He's a high-end quarterback, too, with quarterback one upside. A couple guys I'd to start him over. Um, you know, similar to last week. I have no interest in any running back unless LaShawn McCoy's good to go. I think they lost six different running backs in this game. Um, McCoy's just a running back, too. And I'm not hinging my championships on a uh, Buffalo wide receiver. I guess if you had to pick one, it'd probably be Robert Foster, who's been hot in like three of the last five or four of the last five. But that's uh, that's that's the situation.
1: Um. No, I'd probably go against Foster here. I think that you know I don't know that Gilmore is going to shadow in this game, but I doubt that the Patriots are are going to allow any big plays downfield. I would prefer Isaiah McKenzie out of the slot. Um, if I had to flex one of these Bills wide receivers, I, I like Allen. He's a mid to high end quarterback too here, but. He's a little risky just because, uh, you know, I don't know that New England has the talent on the front seven to really limit his rushing, but I know that their game plan will probably revolve around limiting it. Um, So we'll see about that. Uh, We'll see about LaShawn McCoy too. Um, He's still nursing the hamstring injury. Uh, Marcus Murphy is definitely out. So Chris Ivory might be the guy here. Uh, Based on volume alone, uh, you know, I like Ivory as a flex if he can return from that shoulder issue. Um, new england's run defense has been awful the last few games and if ivory's out too uh, if they're down to their number four guy keith ford maybe he's a desperation flex play if he's the last man standing uh, you know this run defense has been an issue all year for the patriots so well you know who knows uh you gotta, gotta take some chances to win in the finals right
0: the patriots just did not produce versus pittsburgh and buffalo has been a tough matchup as of lately um, Brady's a back-end quarterback one, or dare I say a quarterback two, uh, I might take Josh Allen in the same matchup, maybe Lamar Jackson with what he's been doing. Um, James White has been a running back two lately, but it's hard to send him to the bench. Sony uh, Sonny Michelle is just a flex though. Edelman is a solid PPR wide receiver too. Probably the player I have the most confidence in right now. And, uh, Josh Gordon was held to one catch. I thought he might be limited, but not nearly that much. Uh, He's a back-end wide receiver, too, here. Grock is still a solid tight end one, despite just two for 21, but that's no worse than most of the other tight ends gave you this week.
1: I I hate to say it, but I think I'd absolutely start Allen over Brady at quarterback here. Um, Just the, the rushing floor and upside is too much, and the Patriots' offense is not clicking right now, so You know, you might get burned by that, but uh, as of right now, I I have Allen over Brady in my ranks. Um, At running back, I prefer White over Michelle. I think it's going to be easier to throw these short passes over running on Buffalo, but again, Rex Burkhead's really eating that workload, and I have White as just a low on RB2, maybe even high on RB3 here. Um, Michelle, just a low on flex play. I really don't foresee him doing a ton on the ground. Edelman, I still like as a mid-range wide receiver two option, but I do have Josh Gordon as just a boomer bust wide receiver three. Um, we saw yeah. Kenny Galladay get the better of uh, Tre'Davious White, but uh, it's still a tough matchup here. And I think that New England has enough options in the passing game where Brady won't be forcing it to Gordon. Uh, I think your starting ground here is a mid-range tight end one. Uh, really, he hasn't done much this season and the last few weeks, even even after he's help- healthy. But you know, there's just No tight ends that are safe out there, so at least go for the upside with Gronk. I guess. Um, I will take the Patriots at home here.
0: I will also take the Patriots at home. Green Bay at the New York Jets. Aaron Jones pulled up hobbled after a strong start against Chicago on his first three carries, and Jamal Williams filled in for some volume based success. He's a running back, too, with upside if Jones can't play, and it's looking like he may not. Uh, Rodgers was a smart sit last week, but he'll be fine here. And Devontae Adams always puts up numbers no matter what. Uh, turns out we were right about Cobb being the best pick second wide receiver, although that only amounted to three catches for 30 yards. The other ones had like one or two catches apiece. He's the safest pick again this week as an upside flex if he can clear concussion protocol. Uh, Jimmy Graham is just a low-end tight end one still. When are we going to stop buying the hype from these Packers tight ends year in and year out? They never do anything.
1: Right. It sounds like uh, Aaron Jones is likely out with an MCL sprain, so Jamal Williams I have as a mid-range RB2 this week. Um, I like Rodgers as a mid-range QB1, and you're starting Devontae Adams, of course. Uh, Randall Cobb will see about the concussion protocol. If he can clear it in time, I like him as a mid-range wide receiver 3 and a good matchup here as well. And Rodgers barely missed Cobb on a touchdown against Chicago, so he's probably still the best bet among these wide receivers not named Adams if healthy. If Cobb is out, then I suppose uh, Valdez-Scantling gets upgraded to a high-end wide receiver four, though it's still going to be a risk-reward play there if you do indeed start him.
0: As for the New York Jets, uh, the Jets almost pulled off the upset at home versus Houston. They get the pack at home now, hopeful for a repeat. Uh, Elijah is a low-open running back, too, with some receiving upside. Now that Crowell is done for the year, um, Robbie Anderson gets the nice outside matchup versus the poor Green Bay quarterback, so there is deep flex upside here, but it's a huge risk and gamble, and probably not huge reward with the way Robbie Anderson's been all year. Uh, I think that's all here, folks.
1: Again, I think I'm on the other side here. I like Robbie Anderson, uh, Boomer Bust wide receiver three for me, and I actually think that he has another nice week here. Anderson's been seeing a ton of targets with Quincy and Nunwa out, and this Green Bay secondary is very much burnable. Um, If you're desperate here, Darnold isn't the worst choice to fill in at quarterback. Uh, I would start him over Jameis Winston. I have him as a mid-range quarterback, too, in fantasy this week. And as you said with Isaiah out on IR, uh, Elijah McGuire, decent high-end RB3 flex play for me. And then call me crazy, but the Jets nearly upset uh, the Houston Texans, and the Texans are a far better team than the Packers. Uh, This is where I'm going to take my stand, try and catch up in our weekly pick Give me the Jets at home against the Packers team that really has nothing to play for.
0: I will call you crazy, um, and Green Bay will win this game handily. Uh, Houston right. at Philadelphia. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I just said all right. We'll see. I I think there's there's a <laughs> shot here, and that's I don't know.
0: Um, Houston almost uh, Houston at Philly. Houston almost let one get away versus the Jets, and will look to bounce back here. Um, Deshaun Watson has nice upside versus the secondary as a quarterback one. Hopkins is an auto start, and Damarius Thomas gets solid flex consideration if QD stays out here against Philadelphia. Uh, Lamar Miller pulled up real, injured early in this one as well, so make sure he's good to go before starting him here. I'm really not a nail-blue guy, and I would try to look elsewhere than this game uh, for running back upside if Lamar Miller's not in there. Um, I think, think it'll be a committee back there, and not one that I want a part of.
1: Yeah, uh, guess, uh, guess what has two thumbs and started Aaron Jones and Lamar Miller at running back in a league.
0: Oh, that must be you.
1: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's that's correct. Yikes. Um, Miller is questionable here with an ankle sprain, but even if you were to play, I'm just a high on running back three splitting time with Alfred Blue. Um, if Miller is out for this game, then Blue, uh, just purely on volume, he'll be a flex play, uh, although the Eagles front seven is tough to run on. I like Watson as a low-end QB1 here with upside, and of course they're starting Hopkins, and even though Demarius Thomas is getting more involved, uh, I still don't love him here. Just a low-end flex play for me that I probably avoid this week.
0: As um, yes, for the Philadelphia Eagles, I have just no words for that. Well, that's not true. I have a lot of words. I, I guess I realize that's a pretty stupid saying that the kids are saying nowadays. Uh, Wentz is out, pulls, pulls off the stunner versus the LA Rams. Elshon goes eight for 160. Smallwood has two rushing touchdowns. This is just stupid to happen week 15. Obviously, you can't just buy in after that out of nowhere. This game for your championship. I highly doubt you're using uh, any any Philadelphia Eagles in your championship run. Uh, Jeffrey's just a ba- well shouldn't say any. Zacherts, of course. Elshin Jeffrey's a back end wide receiver two, I suppose. And the running backs, Adams and Smallwood just flex apps for me uh i have no trust there whatsoever Ertz wasn't great but you can't move off of tight end one of
1: course i forget fitz magic we got Foles magic back here um <laughs> crazy upset over the rams but Foles has been inconsistent his entire career i suppose you can't bench alshon jeffrey given the connection that they showed i have jeffrey as a mid-range wide receiver too a decent matchup here against those texans cornerbacks Josh Adams, I have as a flex play, and I guess you're starting Zach Ertz as a top tight end option, even though Foles barely looked his way against the Rams. Um, I, I just feel like Foles is going to regress here. It's close, but give me Houston.
0: Yeah, Foles is Foles is not Foles is who we thought he was. Give me Houston uh, on the road. Watch, At watch the
1: Eagles win by like thirty. <laughs>
0: Exactly, right? It's just one of those one of those things. I mean, they that's, their Super Bowl run was with Nick Foles. It's absolutely crazy. Um, Atlanta at Carolina. Matt Ryan found his footing versus Arizona with two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, and he should be a quarterback one here. Uh, Tevin Coleman won't be near as successful as he was versus Arizona with running back one numbers, just a back-end running back two here. Julio snagged another touchdown and remains a top-wide receiver, and Ridley may have some upside, too. Could be a high-scoring game here.
1: Well, it's going to depend because uh, as far as Julio is concerned, it sounds like uh, you know, he suffered a rib injury. It's minor, but it is worth keeping an eye on. He didn't play much in the second half of that game, but they were up quite a bit, so perhaps they were just being cautious and holding him out. Um, of course, it worked out better for them than it did for the Steelers a couple weeks ago. Um, and you're starting Julio as a top wide receiver if he's in. If he's out, I like Mohamed Sanu as a mid-range wide receiver too. And I think Ryan's a low-end quarterback one here given the matchup, but he has struggled more outdoors this year. Um, We're seeing Drew Brees struggle outdoors right now tonight, so I would not expect huge numbers for Ryan here. And then with Edo Smith on injured reserve, I I like Tevin Coleman as a mid-range RB2 purely based on volume
0: uh for the panthers tonight we get to see them face the division rival saints cam if he's healthy should be a great quarterback one play versus atlanta uh christian mccaffrey's been a running back one all year he has a passing touchdown for 50 yards this game which is always a nice bonus and the wide receivers have a great matchup here as well versus atlanta uh moore has the highest upside in my opinion dj moore i'd be happy to start him or samuels in the flex over a lot of options this week yeah, you've heard us say there's a lot of back-end plays a lot of teams just not with a lot of options this week. just uh, needs to be left on the bench, though. And I know Mung doesn't believe, but Ian Thomas has upside here, too.
1: I, I like Ian Thomas just fine. Uh, I like him a lot oh. in this matchup. <laughs> I have him as a high-end tight end, too, actually. Uh, I just did not like the matchup against the Saints tonight, which is why I recommended ah. benching him. So um, I think Thomas is fine. I don't have a whole lot to add to what you said about the other guys here. I agree for the most part there. I could see this divisional game going either way, so I'll stick with the home team. Give me Carolina.
0: I will take the Panthers, too. Uh, Sunday mid-afternoon, the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Two bad weeks in a row for Jared Goff. But if you've survived it he's a back- end quarterback one play versus Arizona girly's girly and the wide receivers are the wide receivers uh, wide receiver two big weekly upside in this offense it's true they're facing the Arizona secondary Patrick Peterson but Sean McVay needs a win badly after two losses in a row and a shot at losing his first round by he's a very creative coach he's gonna make things happen um, I feel the same way this week about Josh Reynolds he's a solid flex play who who just might have scored, uh, who might outscore Brandon Cook's for another week in a row but you know don't count on it but i think i think he's reliable if you're if you're in a pinch
1: yeah just a shocking upset by the eagles but fantasy wise you're going back to these guys golf i have as a high-end quarterback two play Gurley a top five running back and assuming patrick peterson stays on brandon cooks i have him as a low-end wide receiver too i would actually prefer robert woods over him this week as a high-end wide receiver too um as you said reynolds is a boomer bust flex play here uh it really just depends on um, what kind of coverage Cook sees. So um, I think you're still starting all these guys. though. I would not panic if you own these Rams players and got past the semifinal round.
0: No way. Uh, as for the uh, the Cardinals, this is a team that needs some serious help. Uh, David Johnson's a high end running back too. Larry is a deep flex who will get the targets here, but will be limited by this LA Rams defense. And that's as far as I'd be willing to play any of the uh, the red and white birds here.
1: Yeah, not much to add here. Um, that, that's about it. Uh, give me the Rams. Uh, I know the Bears crushed them, and then the Eagles shocked them, but I don't see the Cardinals being much more than a speed bump here. If, if the Rams offense struggles here, then maybe they're in big, big
0: trouble. Yes, give me the Rams here. Chicago at San Francisco. The Bears pulled off the win versus Green Bay, snagging the NFC North title. And now their quest for a bye oh, sorry, week. Sorry, Liz.
1: Actually, um, can we go back to the Rams just for one second? Um, sure. Just a quick note. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but Todd Gurley did miss some of the drives uh, against the ran- or excuse me, against Philadelphia due to a knee issue. It sounds like a knee mm-hmm. contusion, and John Kelly did come in, so um, he should be added. Uh, we'll talk about him more in the waiver wire section. It sounds like Gurley will be fine, but monitor his status because it, it, there's a small, small chance that he could miss this game.
0: Yep, very, uh, very. I don't, I don't see them. I mean. I think you'll get a, a decent first and second quarter out of them, but then when they go up three scores, we might see a healthy dose of John Kelly. Absolutely. Um, Chicago at San Francisco, the bears pulled off the win versus green base in the NFC North title. Now their quest for a bye week ensues. Expect them to come out strong versus San Francisco. Trubisky should a fi- be a fine quarterback. Start here. Low end quarterback. One for me. Uh, Jordan Howard has solid flex value here, I think, though Cohen does remain the much, much better running back to play. And it took me all year to realize this, but the truth, I think, is that my homerism is pushing these Bears wide receivers into starting positions when the reality is that they are as near of unreliable starts as San Francisco or or Washington wide receivers. Uh, I can't do that to you in the championship. Don't start them. Um, I'd avoid them even though I think the Bears are going to win.
1: I don't know about that. Uh, I agree with you on Trubisky and the running backs, but San Francisco's secondary isn't that great. I think Allen Robinson is a fine wide receiver three start this week, and then Trey Burton should be an okay high end tight end two as well if you're hurting at the position.
0: All right. Uh, as for the Niners, they pulled off the overtime upset versus Seattle, but divisional games can have that happen, of course. Uh, I don't like the chances versus the Bears. Matt Breed is an upper-end running back, too, with upside only due to the receptions. Uh, but we know how good the Bears are versus the running backs. Very, very good. Uh, George Kittle had a down week but remains a top-tight end. And Pettis has some deep flex upside, with the uh, Bears having some trouble with the, uh, the number-two wide receiver on each team, uh, especially with slot corner out for the season.
1: Yeah, another week, uh, another ankle injury for Matt Breida. Um Shocking. <laughs> what is this, like the eighth time this year? So, uh, if yeah, Breida but can, he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, he, he heals freakishly fast. So if Breida can come back from the ankle injury, then I have him as a low on RB2 here, uh, and Wilson Jr. would just be a low on flex play. But if Breida's out again, then uh, I would like Wilson Jr. as a mid-range running back two here as the likely workhorse back. Um, You just can't bench George Kittle, given the options at tight end this year. I actually don't hate Pettis as a flex play either. Uh, As you said, um, he's a boomer bust guy uh, in this matchup. But, um, you know, Rodgers barely missed Cobb on that touchdown on the slot. And as you said, the slot cornerback, Bryce Callahan, for the Bears uh, on IR. So with a foot issue. And then safety, Eddie Jackson, too. He's going to be questionable with a high ankle sprain. So Pettis may have some upside here. Um, All that said, I will take the Bears on the road.
0: I will also take the Bears on the road. Uh, Pittsburgh at New Orleans. The Steelers beat the Pats and will look to continue their win streak. Uh, either way, there's there's a there's points to be had this game. Road Ben may be here to play, so I'd consider looking elsewhere. Uh, New Orleans is a better defense at home. He's a high-end quarterback, too, and I'd take both rushing quarterbacks over him here. Um, not sitting Brown or Juju, obviously. And Jalen Samuels was awesome versus the Pats. 140 rushing yards, two catches, definitely like to see that there. Uh, but the fun may be all but over, as I'm thinking James Conner will be back here and uh, will be a running back one this week.
1: Yeah, and even if Conner is back, I think Samuels can still be a viable flex play uh, or in Yahoo League's a uh, low-end tight end Titan one play. They may give Conner a slightly lighter workload in his first game back, so um, Samuels could still get some passing down work here. Obviously, you wouldn't want to rely on him, but again, just given the awful games that tight ends are putting up, I'd consider still starting Samuels, uh, especially if you can put him in that tight end slot.
0: Yeah, very fair point. Uh, As for New Orleans, tonight we get to see Breeze and come versus the Panthers. They should all be fine against the Steelers, barring injury. Breeze is a back-end quarterback one. Kamara is a solid running back one. Thomas is a one, despite the Joe Hayden matchup. And this will be a tough week to Mark Ingram. I think. Uh, he's running back three with upside, probably a decent flex play. The real upside might actually be in Traquan Smith, to be honest, but there's no way I'm rolling those dice after multiple zero-point weeks.
1: Yeah, um, not a whole lot to add here about the Saints. Joe Hayden's not an elite cornerback by any means, so I have no qualms about starting Mike Thomas as a top-five wide receiver here. Um, and as you said, I'd probably avoid Ingram as well, uh, just a low end flex play. Really not a whole lot of rushing upside against the Steelers' defensive line, so you're hoping to have him break through with a touchdown, and I don't know if I see that happening here. Um, this should be a fun game, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bet on the Saints at home.
0: I'll take the Saints also. Uh, Sunday night football, Kansas City at the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks uh these have been your studs all year for kansas city the chiefs you're not benching them this week no matter what so there isn't a ton to say uh if where is back he's a low end running back too in what i think is a timeshare with williams it's a fair flex play damian williams but i honestly wouldn't expect the world from them um seattle's rush defense is pretty good williams is a little better if uh where doesn't play of course uh, Duriel Williams, or Dariel, I'm not sure how to say that name, but uh, you might not have even known he was on the team. You might have just thought Williams had two different numbers. Um, but hes I think he's a solid Dynasty stash. I know uh, this isn't a Dynasty show, but just in case you've got one of those leagues where you, you have to make all your moves before the end of the, the season, um, Duriel Williams is the only backup running back currently under contract next year. He had a nice game this week, and uh, he's shown some decent promise in his short amount of play
1: hey man it's um it's just daryl like from the office it's not it's not daryl
0: <laughs> but it's a, it's like d-u-r-i-e-l isn't it that's no, not daryl D-A-R- R-
1: is... it's just d-a-r-r-e-l
0: no it isn't it's like no i'm correct
1: i'm telling you it's just dare it's just daryl williams there's no daryl i'll
0: look this up right,
1: all right. now all right tell, tell me what you find i will <laughs> I think I think you had like an aneurysm or something.
0: <laughs> I hope not. That would be that would be just awful. Oh come on! I you can talk while I'm looking. It's oh, all were, right. Were,
1: were you thinking of like Xavier <laughs> again, like on the Steelers?
0: You're right. It is D A R R E L. I don't know why in my head I had D U R I E L, but. Maybe it was. It could have been one of those fever dreams. I've been a little under the weather.
1: Hmm. Or you just lost your sanity for a little bit after that Bears win.
0: That's that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And that Christian McCaffrey touched a uh, passing touchdown. Ugh, that's all it was.
1: Don't, don't remind me about that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> if you if you made it past your semifinal round, despite some rough outings from Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I guess the silver lining is that now Kansas City must win these games. So. Seattle's a tough matchup, but uh, despite playing well uh, in that secondary after losing some big names in the offseason, uh, like like you said, you're not benching anyone on Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes, you're starting as a top-five guy. Tyreek Hill, a top-ten guy. Travis Kelsey, it's a must-start tight end. As for the running backs, um, you know, a lot's going to depend here on Spencer Ware's health Um uh, with an extra 10 days to heal from the hamstring issues Uh, if Ware is active then both he and Williams are flex plays but I would prefer Williams given the burst that he showed Um, he's the speed guy and he can break those big plays especially the screen passes those short dump offs if Ware's out again then I have Williams as a locked in mid-range RB2 with upside Uh, of course I'm talking about Damian Williams um, and then and then Daryl Williams would be a desperation running back four, running back five, if you think he can sneak in a touchdown again. But I would not rely on that.
0: Uh, Seattle lost in overtime versus the Niners, but get the nice Kansas City matchup here. Wilson's a quarterback one. Carson's a back-end running back one here. Unless Rashad Penny looks ready to go, then they'll be in a bit of a timeshare. And Baldwin a lot, and Lockett have great flex upside here versus Kansas City. I'm not really buying in. They could be weak winners for you with Seattle being forced to throw here.
1: Yeah, um, not a whole lot to add. I like Wilson and Carson as well, and I'm even higher than you are on the wide receivers. Uh, I like Doug Baldwin as a low-end wide receiver two, and I have Lockett as a high-end wide receiver three. And uh, yeah, If you're feeling lucky, um, you know, David Moore, uh, Boomer Bust wide receiver four here.
0: I think What a that, roller coaster season for Doug Baldwin,
1: huh? Yeah, no kidding. Um, man, but I, as you said, I think this will be a, a more shootout type of game. I don't think that the Seattle Seahawks defense can necessarily stop Mahomes and company here. So um, I think the Chiefs are hungry for a win. I think they're pissed off about that last second loss to the Chargers and Plus, Andy Reid has a great track record when he has additional prep time for a game. Give me Kansas City here.
0: Absolutely. This is a must-win for Kansas City. Uh, Monday night football, Denver at Oakland. Denver hobbles into Oakland for their matchup, and they're really struggling here. Uh, Phillip Lindsay should be a high-end running back, too, if not a one against Oakland. And the wide receivers are flex considerations, but... Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I'm still sticking with Sutton with the upside if you really feel inclined to start Denver Bronco in your championship. Um, But Deshaun Hamilton just had 12 targets, and uh, I think you're a big Tim Patrick guy, Mung. Uh, I'd really hate to be waiting for Monday night with my championship on the line and the outcome resting on the shoulders on any one of those three wide receivers, though.
1: Um, I think Tim Patrick's interesting, particularly in Dynasty Leagues, but I I think Deshaun Hamilton's the guy here... uh... You know, K-Skeem's always relying on his slot receiver from Thielen to Sanders and now Hamilton. So I think Hamilton sees the most targets again this game. Um, He would be a a wide receiver three for me in PPR. I would start him over the other guys. And then Lindsey, still a mid-range RB2 play with upside despite that down game and probably the safest guy to start uh, on Denver despite, uh, you know, that poor performance.
0: Yep. Uh, As for the Oakland Raiders, This team is all over the place right now. Doug Martin did not pay off last week. Sorry about that. And neither did Cook, to be honest, but he's still back on tight end one. I really hope your title does not come down to hoping to strike gold in Oakland.
1: No. um, Jared Cook's the only one I'd feel great about starting, although Jordan Nelson could be a desperation wide receiver four option if you just need to throw in a warm body at the position um you know i that said i would prefer i'd probably go with david moore you know, over a guy like jordy nelson um you know nelson's getting the targets so i just doubt he'll get as many yards off of him as he did against cincinnati here i uh, i don't feel great about this game either way but uh, i'll i'll take denver here i guess as the slightly better team on paper
0: Yeah, two teams on the decline right now, despite uh, Oakland winning this past week. Um, I will take Denver as well. There are, of course, no teams on the bye, and this will bring us into, uh, wait, why did I say, Oakland just lost to Cincinnati, didn't they? Yeah. So what am I talking I don't know why I said that. Anyways, uh, that'll bring us into the injuries. Um, Big sort of late surprise. I mean, everybody knows now, but Carson Wentz with that vertebral fracture similar to what uh, Derek Carr had last year. He's lightly out out this week and droppable in all redraft formats. Uh, I'd be shocked to see him have great production the rest of the season, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and then uh, at running back, we've got Todd Gurley with that knee contusion. Again, he was in and out of the game against Philadelphia, and Even though he finished out the game, did not look 100%. It sounds minor, but as of now, consider him questionable for this week. If if he is out, then John Kelly would be an immediate RB2 with RB1 upside. Aaron Jones we talked about with the MCL sprain. Uh, The injury does not sound serious, but like last year, he's likely going to need a few weeks to heal. So probably out for this week, making Jamal Williams Green Bay's lead back again. Spencer Ware we discussed as well with a hamstring injury. Early reports are that he is day-to-day and questionable for this matchup. Uh, both Ware and Damian Williams should be owned regardless, though, in all leagues. James Conner with a high ankle sprain. He could come back this week, but his status is still up in the air. Jalen Samuels is the primary guy in Pittsburgh until Conner is back and should be owned. Monitor the practice sports on Conner this week. Melvin Gordon with that grade 2 MCL sprain sounds like the Chargers are optimistic that Gordon will be back this week, so monitor his practice participation to be sure, but it sounds like if you've made it to the finals without him, Gordon could help you win it all this week. Austin Eckler with that concussion and stinger injury. Uh, Eckler is also questionable this week. If Gordon and Eckler are both out again, then Justin Jackson and Deitra Newsome are both viable to start in fantasy. Matt Breida with a ankle sprain uh, re- re-injury. Shocking. Brita re-injured his ankle for the 833rd time this year. Going to be questionable this week. If he's out, Jeff Wilson would be a viable RB2 in PPR. Lamar Miller with an ankle sprain. Questionable for this week as well. If he's unable to go, then Alfred Blue would likely be the main back for Houston this week. LaShawn McCoy with a hamstring injury. Questionable for this week, but soft tissue injuries like this generally take a while to heal. If McCoy plays this week, he's still at risk of re-injuring this injury during the game, so... A risky play, even if he's active. Marcus Murphy with the elbow dislocation; he's going to be out for this the season and this week. Um, Chris Ivory with the shoulder injury; he's questionable. If McCoy and Murphy are both out, then Ivory could be a workhorse back here. Um, worth noting. on Johnson with the knee sprain; questionable but unlikely to, to return this week. Monitor those practice sports. Isaiah Crowell with that foot injury on IR; droppable in all redraft formats, and makes Elijah McGuire an interesting pickup at running back if you're desperate. Corey Clement with a knee sprain on IR, but you weren't starting him anyway. If anything, this makes Darren Sproles a viable desperation flex play as the primary receiving back now. Frank Gore with a foot sprain out for the week. Uh, upgrades Kenyon Drake and Kalen Ballage, although I don't know how much that matters. And then Ido Smith with a knee injury on IR as well. Droppable in all redraft formats and upgrades Tevin Coleman status.
0: As for the wide receivers, Julio Jones with that rib injury talked about questionable for this week. It sounds minor. Atlanta was up a ton versus Arizona, which is likely why they held him out in the second half. Still, it's worth keeping an eye on, but I do expect him to be fine. Odell Beckham Jr. with that quad contusion questionable this week. Monitor the reports. He hasn't played the past two games. Keenan Allen with a hip pointer questionable this week. If he's out, Mike and Tyrell Williams could be startable wide receiver threes or flex plays. Just know they're playing Baltimore. Uh, Randall Cobbin, concussion protocol, monitor practice reports, could have some decent upside if he's cleared. Tyler Boyd with the MCL sprain, doubtful this week, but monitor the reports, um, likely not to play. Cutie, cutie, hamstring injury, Cutie's been dealing with this all year, he's questionable, but even if he's active, he's a risky play if he's not 100% and risks re-injuring it yet again. Bruce Ellington with the hamstring injury questionable, but Ellington has PPR wide receiver four or flux at best to start in a stagnant Detroit offense. Even if he's back, you don't want to start him when he's not 100%. And then Sammy Watkins with that foot injury questionable with no additional information recently. All we can do is continue watching and waiting. Uh, that said, he's a risky wide receiver three or flex to begin with and doesn't need to be rostered in shallower leagues. If you're in the playoffs, you likely have better options.
1: Yeah, and then tight end, all we've got is Jordan Reed with a foot injury, likely out again this week.
0: As for our uh, um, waiver wire ads this week, Dak, a cor- a quarterback. Dak Prescott, 61% owned in ESPN, 68% owned in Yahoo. If he survived his terrible game against Indy Zone coverage, then congratulations, Dallas struggled last week. But he remains a mid-range quarterback option versus Tampa Bay this week in a bounce-back matchup. Lots of upside here. Mitchell Trubisky, 74% owned across the board. He had a nice game versus Green Bay's banged-up secondary this week and gets another great matchup versus San Francisco this week. He's a low-end quarterback one with some definite upside here. And Baker Mayfield, 48% in ESPN, 60% in Yahoo. Mayfield has a great matchup against Cincinnati's struggling secondary that has given up the second-most points to opposing quarterbacks this year. With Cleveland still in the hunt for the playoffs, Mayfield should be a nice low-end quarterback, one with decent upside this week.
1: And at running back, we've got Jamal Williams, 12% owned in ESPN, 17% owned in Yahoo. With Aaron Jones out, Williams becomes the lead back in Green Bay, making him a mid-range RB2 with upside in fantasy priority pickup this week Damian Williams 61% owned in ESPN 67% owned in Yahoo if Spencer Ware is out again we've seen that Williams is an RB2 with RB1 upside in this Kansas City offense and even if Ware returns Williams will still be involved in the offense and be an okay flex play John Kelly 3% owned in ESPN 4% Yahoo With Todd Gurley questionable with a knee injury, Kelly is a priority add as well this week that could win team's titles if Gurley is out. Kelly would be the lead back for the Rams and a volume-based RB2 if he finds his way into the end zone. Jeff Wilson Jr., 71% owned in ESPN, 60% owned in Yahoo. If Matt Breida is unable to return from his ankle injury, then Wilson Jr. will once again be the workhorse for San Francisco. Chicago is a difficult matchup here for running backs, but Wilson Jr. is involved enough in the passing game to make him a volume-based RB3 or flex play regardless. Jalen Samuels, 88% owned in ESPN, 91% owned in Yahoo. Should be 100%, I have no idea why it's not, but he's the lead back in Pittsburgh as long as Connor is out and still has flex or tight end upside even if Connor does come back this week. Justin Jackson, 72% owned in ESPN, 65% owned in Yahoo. And Deitra's Newsome, 1% owned in ESPN, 0% in Yahoo. It sounds like Melvin Gordon may return this week, but we did hear a similar story last week, so just in case, Gordon and Neckler are out again, Jackson would be a low end running back too, and Newsom a desperation flex play here. Elijah McGuire, 33% owned in ESPN, 33% owned in Yahoo. With Crowell on IR, McGuire was the lead back for a surprisingly effective Jets offense, Green Bay's defense doesn't really scare anyone, and McGuire is a high-end RB3 or flex play this week.
0: As for the wide receivers, Doug Baldwin dipped to 78% owned in ESPN, 79% Yahoo!, uh, Russell Wilson will need to throw versus Kansas City this week, and as long as Baldwin plays, he should see plenty of targets and PPR points. If he was dropped due to injuries, Baldwin is a free wide receiver too for this uh, for you this week. He's about as near as it gets to a must-start for a free agent player. Uh, Robbie Anderson, eighteen percent ESPN, twenty-seven percent Yahoo. Anderson is as boomer bust as they come, but with Green Bay struggling young secondary, it's very possible that Anderson could bust a long touchdown this week. He continues to get heavy target share with Quincy Enunwa out with an ankle injury. Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams. Um, Mike Williams, 30% ESPN, 51% Yahoo. Tyrell, about 30% across the board. If Keenan Allen is unable to play this week due to his hit point or injury, Mike and Tyrell would be the primary wide receivers again. Baltimore is a tough matchup, but the volume alone should make both Williams' wide receiver three or flex options in PPR with upside if either finds the end zone. DJ Moore, 80% ESPN, 84% Yahoo, and Curtis Samuel, 51% in both. Uh, Both Moore and Samuel are getting more targets than Devin Funch at this point, and given how many points the Carolina defense giving up to opponents – um, though not today versus the uh, versus Saints and Newton, needs to throw the ball in most games. Uh, with his shoulder injury, Newton is throwing short often to both Moore and Samuel, making them high upside wide receiver three or flex plays with a great matchup versus Atlanta this week. Deshaun Hamilton, 24% ESPN, 22% Yahoo. Hamilton is clearly Keenum's favorite target out of the slot, much like Emmanuel Sanders was. He's a PPR of wide receiver three with upside if Oakland focuses on shutting down Cortland Sutton. And Dante Pettis, 37% owned ESPN, 52% Yahoo. Chicago is not a great matchup, but with slot cornerback Bryce Callahan on IR and safety Eddie Jackson likely out with an ankle sprain. he rest this week. Pettis is still a viable boomer Bust flex play, especially with Aaron Rodgers just missing Randall Cobb for uh, multiple times for a deep touchdown versus Chicago.
1: And at tight end, we've got Cameron Braid, 70% owned in ESPN, 75% owned in Yahoo. Braid has been wildly inconsistent, but what tight end hasn't been this season. Braid is still a go-to target for Winston in the red zone, and Dallas is not particularly good at defending against opposing tight ends. Ian Thomas, 51% in ESPN, 42% in Yahoo. Uh, We're seeing that he's getting a lot of short targets tonight, and as long as his target share stays high with Newton, Thomas will be a decent tight end 2 option in PPR with upside. And finally, C.J. Uzoma, 29% owned in ESPN, 34% owned in Yahoo. Uzoma hasn't been great even with Eifert out this season, but Cleveland is giving up the 5th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year. And Uzoma had 6 catches for 39 er, 39 yards on 12 targets, last time they played Cleveland. If Tyler Boyd is out, Uzoma could easily see double-digit targets again this week.
0: A couple uh, widely available defensive options for your championship. Miami, 13% owned. ESPN only, 18% Yahoo. The Jaguars have completely collapsed in the second half of the season. Cody Kessler has not played well. This is a great matchup for an opportunistic Miami defense that is still in the playoff hunt. And New England, uh, 52% ESPN only, 76% Yahoo. Josh Allen is getting it done on the ground rushing, but his throwing is still very hit or miss. Emphasis on the miss. Expect Belichick to limit Allen's rushing production and force him to throw, which should result in some interceptions. Um, Buffalo is allowing the first most points to uh, defense special teams on the other side.
1: Yep. And then at kicker, we've got Kaimi Fairbairn, sixty or excuse me, 81% owned in ESPN, 76% owned in Yahoo. Fairbairn continues to be on the money for the Texans and for his fantasy teams. The Eagles shut down the Rams, but Houston should be able to move the ball enough for him to get some field goal opportunities this week. And then Adam Vinatieri, 64% owned in ESPN, 64, 61% owned in Yahoo. Vinatieri is indoors again at home for the fantasy finals. Against the Giants, he's a future Hall of Famer that rarely misses, and this Colts offense is firing on all cylinders right now. Should be Should be able to score plenty of points
0: against New York. And that's a wrap for this season of uh, talent evaluation, for this season of, uh, of in-season and playoff and championship weeks. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you guys. Uh, I, I had a heck of a lot of fun, Monk.
1: Yeah. It's, it's always fun uh, talking uh, to you fellow addicts here. Uh, we know that a lot of you are very knowledgeable already. So we're just trying to give you some further insights here. Um, you know, good luck if you're in the finals uh, for any of your leagues or multiple leagues or DFS, whatever it might be. Good luck this week. Um, crazy things happen. So just uh, stay the course, trust the process and If you have any specific questions for us, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
0: And I'm at FFA underscore los. That's L-O-S. You can always tweet and thank uh, our producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan, common spelling, of course. And then, of course, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device, go ahead and click subscribe and be ready. Tuesday morning, first thing, for us to be uh, ready for you to listen to you in your ears. You know, if you're going to work, if you're just sitting at home on your on your bottom, I don't know what you're doing, but give us a listen
1: yeah and uh you know, we are wrapping up this season, but uh we'll we'll be back in January. We'll do a wrap up show, uh, talk about some of the things that happened this season, Probably go over some dynasty material as well for those of you that do play in dynasty leagues. Um, but until then, we wish you happy holidays, a happy new year. Uh, and as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it.
0: Thanks, addicts. The
1: first person to survive Alzheimer's disease